Amen. Thank you so much. Well, don't we have the best choir in the world? Amen? I have to say that my wife's in the choir. I stay in good with her. Well, it's a wonderful day. I hope that you're warm. I'm not. I tried to get them to put a space heater up here, and they didn't do it. So anyway, I'm so glad that you're here. And Dr. Estep, I got a message from him this morning from Jaffa. He just said, I'm praying for you and praying for the church. And today is a day of worship. I do want you to know that um, Dr. Estep and Santa Claus have something in common. And though you probably didn't know that, a few months ago I uh, was at Walmart on Saturday morning. That's my typical deal. I go shopping on Saturday morning and I'm walking up and down the aisles and I needed some razor blades. So I got over to the aisle, looked there, and I saw them, but they were locked up behind a glass. So I thought to myself, you know, I'll, I'll never find a salesperson to open up that cabinet. So I began looking around. And I saw way up high at the top of a shelf an open box. And I thought to myself, boy, if I could just climb up there, I can reach in there and get those razor blades and I won't have to bother anyone. So on Saturday morning, 9 o'clock in the morning, I began to climb. There I am, Walmart, I'm climbing up the shelves. I get almost to the top. My hand is in the box. I hear a voice behind me. Sir, can I help you? I turned around and look, it's Wendell Estep. <laughs> you know, Santa Claus knows who's naughty and nice. Keeping a list, counting it twice, so does Wendell Estep, I guarantee you. He just caught me. Well, I was looking at my sermon title today. One of these fine deacons caught me and said, uh, Well, Pastor Richard, you know, you're not really the guy who should be preaching this message. A fashion statement. I mean, that's just mean-spirited. <laughs> and then he started naming names. He said, well, it ought to be Philip Turner. Maybe Marcus Finney. I see Marcus back there. Someone besides me. Now, confession is good. I, I will confess this. Back in the 1970s, they had a thing called a leisure suit. I owned one. 100% polyester. Man, you could take it off, put it in the washing machine, shake it out of the dryer, you're good to go. 
Mine was chocolate brown, had white, white stitching on that chocolate brown. Now, you didn't wear a tie with it. I had a tan silk shirt with pheasant birds on the shirt. <laughs> oh, it gets better. See all these guys wearing these tan shoes? Back in the day, it was white shoes and a white belt. That was me. I, I tried to be fashionable back when our daughter was growing up, and uh, one time I thought, you know, I'm tired of wearing white shirts. I'll get me a black shirt. So I had a black shirt on, and black suit. Man, I look like Johnny Cash. <laughs> All I need was a Tennessee three behind me. Our daughter caught me before the service. She said, Dad, I want you to know that today you look real chic. So I went to the platform and sat down. I thought, what in the world did she mean? I look real chic. And then later I said, Kendra, did you mean chic? And she said, yeah, Dad, you look real chic today. <laughs> well, I've never looked chic or chic in my life. A fashion statement. Years ago, I passed through a church that had this thing on Easter called a sunrise service. I tried my best to kill that thing. <laughs> you know, God doesn't get up till 10 a.m. I ain't seen use getting up either. So, you know, we'd get there early. Women would come in their bathrobes, curlers in their hair. Men were slurping their coffee, and I'm up there trying to be spiritual at 6.30 in the morning. I got up Easter Sunday, got dressed in the dark. I got to the sunrise service. I had one brown shoe and one black shoe on. Let me tell you the worst thing about it. Nobody noticed. Well, we all might have an experience where you had a, a bad fashion statement. I, I've told this story before, but I, I just love the story. I'm going to tell it again. A lady got up one morning, and she was in a hurry, and she uh, came to church late. She is rush, rushing around. She came to the back of the church and found her spot, and she would got dressed in such a hurry, she realized that she forgot to put her teeth in. And so she's trying to sing with her hand in front of her mouth, and trying to hold the hymnal up there. And, and then, you know, the minister of music said, Praise God, we're so glad to be here. Turn around and greet one another. So the man right next to her reached out and shook her hand. And, and she had her hand up here. She said, I'm so embarrassed. I got dressed in a hurry and, and I forgot to put my teeth in. Well, the man reached into his pocket, 
and gave her a set of teeth. She put them in, and they were too loose. So she took them out and gave them back to the man. Then the man reached into his pocket, got another set. She put those in, and they were too tight. So she took them out, gave them back to the man. Guess what? Reached into his pocket, got a third pair. She put those teeth in. They fit just right. She said, praise the Lord. God is so good. I came to church late, and he had me sit right by a dentist. And the man spoke up and said, Lady, I'm not a dentist, I'm an undertaker. That's bad, isn't it? That's bad. You think about that for a while, all right? You may be seated by an undertaker today. He may be measuring you up, I don't know. Well, the good news for the Christ follower is that you can make a fashion statement with spiritual garments. Today, as I preach from Colossians chapter 3, we're going to look at the fashion statement that we find Paul addressing. Just a little background before we read the text. Church at Colossae was a great church, had a wonderful ministry, but it was infected with a pride that had to be eliminated. There were those in that church that became puffed up. They became so prideful and so arrogant, they even got to a point where they said, we know more than Christ does. They claimed to have a superior gnosis, and the cult of Gnosticism was born in that. And so Paul in Colossians chapter 1, verse 18 says that Christ is to have first place in your life. And then where Paul just really nails it in Colossians 1.27, he says, you are really nothing, but it is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And Paul moves from that to chapter 3. In chapter 3, Paul is addressing the fact that when you are saved, you put off the old man, you take off the old garments, and you put on the new garments of Christ. So I want you to look in your Bible, Colossians chapter 3, and I want us to look at verses 12 through 17. We are living in a day and time where it seems like the Word of God is not being honored. So I'm going to invite you to stand with me right now to your feet. Let's stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God. Colossians chapter 3, beginning in verse 12. So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience, bearing with one another, 
and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Beyond all these things put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. You may be seated. As we look at Paul's fashion statement today, we find that in this passage, Paul mentions four wonderful garments that the child of God is to wear, is to put on. They are four spiritual garments that God has for every believer. Warren Wearsby, the great commentator, said in this passage, Paul exhorted his readers to put off the grave clothes of sin and the old life and to put on the grace clothes of holiness and the new life in Christ. Oh, Wearsby so right that when you are lost, you're living in the grave, the grave of sin. But man, once you get saved, you're living in grace. Paul began in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. And in Colossians 3, 1 through 3, he says, because you've been raised up. And then in verse number 2, it says, set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on the earth. Today, as we look at these four godly garments, I hope it will challenge you to put them on every day and to wear them to the glory of God. All right, first of all, number one, we are to put on love. Put on love. Now look at verse number 12. So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. The phrase in verse number 12 where it says, put on, the NIV translation says, clothe yourselves. The idea is that you pick up a garment and you put it on. Someone told me today they look like the Michelin man. They had so many garments on. We are to put on love. Now, in verse number 14, it says, Beyond all these things put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. You know what unifies a church? It is the agape love that's mentioned in the New Testament. Agape love is a any kind, 
kind of love. It means that we've got to love people anyhow and in whatever circumstance they are in. Paul says that garment must be worn by the church. Now we see the reason for it in verse number 12. Verse 12 says that we have been chosen by God. Chosen by God. You know, I, I don't understand how that God chooses to put His love on us. But I know this. At Calvary, God chose me. I know that. The Bible declares that before the world began, God had a plan of redemption. I can't prove this, but I believe that when He died on the cross, my name was on His mind. I believe that. I believe also I was chosen by the Holy Spirit when I was 12 years of age. I believe that the Spirit of God came to my heart and wooed me and drew me to the Lord Jesus. And then I believe in my free will. I said yes to Him. You know, today there seems to be a conflict between those that say, well, there's the sovereignty of God, and then there's the free will of man. But Charles Spurgeon got it right when he said, friends don't need to be reconciled. The sovereignty of God and the free will of man, they both go together. I'm so glad God chose me. Karl Barth, Karl Barth, the great theologian, said, the greatest truth he ever heard was Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. I would agree with that. Now, look at these, back in verse number 12, there's some resources mentioned here. The Bible says, put on. It is a command in Scripture. You know, sometimes the people of God think they've got all kinds of choices. Sometimes we look at the Christian life like going through a buffet saying, well, I'll have some of that and I'll have some of that and I'll turn that down. But really, the things of God that you and I are to practice, they are a command in Scripture. Verse number 13 is the result of you and I putting on love. Now look at verse 13. Bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Do we ever have disagreements in a Baptist church? Oh boy. Sometimes Baptists are called the battling Baptists because we tend to fight. But I want to tell you what, what unifies us is this wonderful, tremendous, agape kind of love that we have for one another. One time in my ministry, I made a very unpopular decision. You know, pastors do that every once in a while. They, they simply say, God led me, and this is an unpopular decision. So I, I made one of them. 
two ladies were having a parking lot meeting afterwards. <laughs> and this one lady was speaking to another lady, and she said, aren't you enraged? Boy, why in the world did Pastor Richard decide to do that? Aren't you enraged? And Linda said, yes, I am. And the other lady said, well, why don't you look like it? Here's what she said, because I love Richard. I want to tell you if it's Joey Huggins or Kevin or Mark or whoever it is, when we love people in Christ, the love that we have is deeper, it's stronger, it's more powerful, it's more magnificent than any disagreement we'll ever have. That is what binds us together. I'm, I'm still of the generation that used to rise and sing, blessed be the tie that binds. I believe that. I'll give you a wonderful verse. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. Oh, what a great verse that is. So I would challenge you today. Make a fashion statement. Put on love. All right, number two, second piece of apparel. Number two, put on peace. Put on peace. Look at verse number 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. This second command, where it says to put on peace, is really in a in a tense that means always, all the time, continually, you're to have peace in your life. Man, that's hard. We live in a troubled world. We live in a world where there is war and conflict. But our peace is not determined by stuff out here. It's determined by the one that reigns in our hearts. Man, put on peace. Put on peace. It is to be a controlling factor in your life. Let me show you a neat word here. In verse number 15, uh, pluck this word out, the word rule in verse 15. That word rule in verse 15, according to Vines, is a Greek word that means to decide or to arbitrate, it means to act as an umpire in your life. All I, think about that. When Christ's peace rules in your heart, it acts like an umpire in your life. In other words, that peace will call balls and strikes. That peace will determine what is right and what is wrong. And so I would challenge you today in your life, wear the garment of peace. Put it on. i got to move quickly, all right? Number three, number three, put on the garment of thanksgiving. And that's found in the last part of verse 15. 
and then down in verse 17. Verse 15 in the last part says, And be thankful. And then verse 17, Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through Him to God the Father. Man, putting on a life of thanksgiving. We are to be thankful completely for the good stuff, for the bad stuff, realizing that Romans chapter 8, verse 28 says, and all things God causes stuff to work for our good. And then we are to give thanks through Him. Verse number 17 says we are to be thankful through the Lord Jesus. 1 Thessalonians 5, 18 says, In everything give thanks. All right. Fourth and last. Favorite words you probably hear from a Baptist preacher. All right, fourth and last. We are to put on the garment of the Word of Christ. I love this verse, number 16 and 17. 16 says, Let the Word of Christ richly dwell within you. When you think about the Word of Christ, it's talking about having the very Word of God implanted into your life. It means that God's Word is not just read out here, but it's lived in here. One time a little girl said, I've read the Bible through three times. Preacher said, that's great. How many times has the Word of God run through you? Oh, there's a big difference. A big difference in reading the Word of God and having the Word of God implanted down into your life. God's Word, if it lives within you, will bring instruction, celebration, and consecration. Let me show you a neat word right here. In verse number 16... You find the word dwell in that verse. That word dwell means to have a home, to have a home. It means that, now listen to this, it means that in your Christian walk, you're to build a home, a house for the Word of God. So I would encourage you today, make a fashion statement. Make the statement with your life, that you're going to wear the garments of a new man. I love reading C.S. Lewis. And in conclusion, C.S. Lewis said, In this passage, we are ordered to dress up as Christ would dress up. Did Jesus wear the garment of love? Ask the woman at the well. Did Jesus wear the garment of peace? Look at him at Calvary. Did Jesus wear the garment of thanksgiving? Yeah, find him after he restored Simon Peter and gave him a new ministry. Did Jesus wear the garment of the word of God? So much so that the dotting of the I, the crossing of the T, all the prophecies were fulfilled in him. Danny Aiken at Southeastern Seminary said about this passage, So here is heaven's wardrobe, 
beautifully woven from the hands of a divine tailor. Each of these garments was perfectly worn by Christ. Would you join me in prayer? Father, I thank you today for your precious word. Lord, I thank you for the wonderful promise. The promises, God, that we have of eternal life and abundant life. God, the world is wanting to see that Jesus really does make a difference. And so, Lord, today as we wear the garments of love and peace, of thanksgiving, and the Word of Christ, God, may you be honored today. And Lord, for anyone here today that doesn't know Jesus in a personal way, God, may they step in, out into an aisle and come forward today and receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. Father, there are some believers that need to come and kneel around this altar. God, I pray for them to have courage to do that. Lord, whatever decision, whatever need, I pray, God, that you'll be honored in this invitation. In the wonderful name of Jesus, amen. We're going to stand to our feet. We're going to sing. Our ministers will be here at the front. You come as we sing. seated. Thank you, Richard, for that great word and a challenge to us. I want to give you a few announcements to let you know about. Uh, first of all, next Sunday we get the great privilege of celebrating one of our favorite people, Steve Phillips, who served on staff as our Minister of Music here for 30 years. And so next uh, Sunday morning uh, and uh, evening, uh, we will celebrate Steve and Pam Phillips. And so the best way that you can ever say thank you to Steve is by being here. So I want to encourage you to be here next Sunday for Sunday school, for worship, 
And uh, for our evening uh, celebration, which will be at 6 p.m. here in the sanctuary, if you're in the choir, you're going to pack it out. If you're in the orchestra, you're going to want to fill it up. And it's going to be a great time as we just uh, on, uh, cel- honor uh, Steve and celebrate the Lord uh, next week. And there's more details in the bulletin, and you might have gotten a letter as well about that. Tonight, our programs kick off. And so we have Awana that's taking place for our children. Uh, there are student choirs and student ministry small groups that kick, up, uh, kick off this afternoon and evening. And we have some adult discipleship now classes tonight. Uh, you can just come and learn about those classes. Those classes will actually begin on the 21st. Uh, but you can hear about them. There are several of them listed um, here in the uh, bulletin, those that are taking place. We have a uh, Bible study on 1 Corinthians, um, another study that's going through the book of Jude um, uh, called Contend for the Faith, Peaceful Mom, Bible study led by April Cassidy who just uh, published that book. And a uh, class that's going to look at the history of the Reformation. My wife's going to be leading a women's Bible study. Come tonight, third floor of Lindsay Building 5. They normally uh, we'll get started with that about 5.15 so you can learn more about that. Uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks, uh, there is a parent seminar. It's on the back of your bulletin. And so this is for parents of students. This is parents of children, parents of children and teenagers of all ages. It's going to be Saturday, January 20th um, in uh, the Student Center, 1420 Sumter in the auditorium. And uh, this is uh, being led by Living Hope Ministries. And so let me just read to you real quick. It says, understanding individuals in an already difficult age of confusion has become more complex when we seem unable to answer the most basic question of personal identity. Who am I really? Gain insight and understanding into this difficult and often divisive topic from a ministry that has been redemptively journeying with sexually confused and marginalized individuals for more than three decades. Uh, so it's a timely subject in, uh, as in parenting in our society today, Saturday, January 20th. You can RSVP and find out more online. The details are on the back of the bulletin. Also on the back of the bulletin, I hope you noticed, uh, we have a prayer conference coming up at the end of this month, January 26th. There's the details there. You'll hear about that more soon. But then also at the bottom, last uh, December, uh, which was just last week, right, uh, the pastor had been challenging us all month to be praying and to be giving generously. And uh, what an unbelievable thing that I get to look at this this morning from here. So our goal uh, in December for giving was $780,000. And so I don't know if you noticed, but I hope you did. The total amount received was $1,248,196. That's unbelievable. And so I like what it says here. It says, praise God for his faithfulness. Uh, It's just so nice to know that in the new year we have a God who is faithful who is sovereign, who's dependable, and then it says, and for the generosity of his people. And I'm just so thankful to be able to uh, join and worship with you every week. And uh, it's through your generosity and God's faithfulness that we've reached that. So I'm so thankful for that. And next week, I'm sure the pastor will have more details on that. And he'll be back, and it'll be a great day, and so we're looking forward to having you here. We're going to be dismissed. I'm going to ask you to stand. And uh, as I pray our benediction, if you've got prayer needs at the end of the service, some of the deacons in red badges will be able to take those from you. But let's pray together. Heavenly Father, uh, we're just so thankful that we get to gather here at First Baptist Church. We get to seek your face. We get to hear your word. We get to celebrate your truths, God. Father, we thank you for uh, the many people that serve and the many ways that we can be blessed and also to bless others. So pray, Father, that you go with us this week. God, help us to walk in the truth of the passage of Scripture that we heard this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.